You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and today my special guest in the studio is Sagatsky of Sublimate and Smangtasia. And he's going to be playing the whole two hours. We're going to take a break in the middle for an interview as usual. And right now we're going to get right into the mix with Sagatsky. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Life. 
Because nothing stands still in the dance circle of life.
You're not blocking me 
Tell the rest. You know what you done. You know what you did. Stole my heart. Now you taking my love. Stole my heart. Then you take my love. Stole my heart. And then you take my love. I didn't mean to steal your heart, but I needed your love. I didn't mean to steal your heart, but I needed your love. Along, but you stage me, played me, then you wanted to fade me. All you did was take, you never gave me shit. Sorry, but I had to confess, and yet I tell the rest. Now I'm left with a broken heart, but a lost love. You know what you've done, you know what you did. Stole my heart, and you took my love. Need I confess? Need I tell the rest? 
listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we've been in the mix with Sagatsky of Sublimate. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, so uh, maybe to talk about the set a little bit first, you were telling me before the show that a lot of these records you were going to play are from a recent record-buying adventure in Detroit. Yes, that's right. Uh, after Smangtasia. Yep. The wonderful festival we did. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that as well. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, surprise trip back to Detroit with Turtlebug and Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. So you found yourself in Detroit for a couple days, and uh, where did you get the records? Where were you shopping? Or that you want to talk about you were shopping? Yeah, we, went to, we so, went to People's. Uh, yeah. Fantastic shop. Cleaned up. Double bag. Double bag trip. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of those came from there. Um, and actually a few of the other ones were from another, from Movement, when I went to, I think it was Detroit Music Center, if I have that right. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying that. That's the $3 record place? It's like frozen in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's never open, so good luck. Yeah. So you're not a strictly vinyl guy, but you still, you play a lot of vinyl. Uh, I started off strictly vinyl. That's how I learned. That's... Well, it switches around. Sometimes I feel more comfortable on vinyl. Sometimes it's not working. Right. Uh, so I, I've just learned over the years to be a little more flexible about it. And there is something really nice about having loads of music on your USB and being able to show up and just really focus on what the crowd wants. Yeah, of course. Or, well, what you want with the crowd, maybe. Is a yeah. way to put it. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a certain amount of prep you can do for a set. But I guess, well, we might as well talk about Swingtasia as well. When I, I played one of the very, the second set of the festival, and it was one of the least, like, specific prep I'd done for a set in a while because I just didn't know what I was going to be walking into that early. Like, were people going to be there yet? Were they going to be setting up their tents? Were they going to be ready to go? Were they going to be warming up? So you can't always plan for these things. Sometimes you can. Like, you have a pretty good idea of what's going to be going on in a room, but sometimes you have no idea or it could be a total curveball at the last minute well in particular for room that's never existed yeah yeah i've never <laughs> been there nobody's been there yeah, yeah totally. well i thoroughly enjoyed your set yeah thank you thank you very much i enjoyed i enjoyed all the music over the weekend so since we're talking about smangtasia why don't you tell our listeners who have no idea what that is what it is <laughs> so smangtasia is a brand new we just did our first uh festival weekend last it was like two weekends ago right yeah third weekend of june uh it happens on a beautiful horse farm in upstate new york literally you can go there you can pet horses and goats yeah that I, was happening i got to pet the goat the horses wouldn't come over to us poppy the goat yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's it's in the mountains it's picturesque it's it's hard to explain how beautiful it is but if you yeah. can picture like mist rolling over the mountains while you're partaking in a techno barn yeah yeah <laughs> it's a really great area i've done i kind of have done some weekend long weekend vacations in a nice in a barn in that area so and it was which was i didn't realize how close it was to this place that i've been but yeah it's one of the most beautiful places i've seen upstate yeah and we had kip davis doing the lights which really blew me away he really i mean kip always does a great job but that was I mean, that was like peak Kip, right? That was the biggest thing he's ever done, I think. It was it seemed beautiful. like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really, really did a fantastic job. 
Yeah, and we also work with Subbase, and we had a bunch of new speakers, and uh, it was... Yeah, Subbase brought those new, like, alien-looking Yeah, things. we're calling them the Death Star subs. <laughs> uh, you can climb inside them. They're, they're real. Yeah, so loud <laughs> that they had to be turned down because they were rattling the roof of the barn. Yes. And... and we the noise complaint. How far was the noise complaint from? Uh, from quite far away. Three towns over from <laughs> a, over the mountain. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it actually sounded better when we turned it down. I agree. Um, I actually totally agree with that. I was surprised. Like, oh, we should have just done this all along. Yeah. But, I mean, between the night party and the day party, because it goes from Friday all the way to Sunday, I feel like we had two opportunities to do both inside and out, and it just kept getting better. Of course, that's always how it goes with these things. I mean, you're just yeah, this the yeah. second the second night things sounded a little better and then the second day party was better just because the setup the setup was slightly changed and it it just kind of made the whole thing pop more. Um so I have to ask cuz everybody asks me in the months leading up to that when I was telling them I was playing there what what is up with the name Smangtasia? <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked this question, so. Oh boy. Uh, well, uh, it's it's there, there's a long sort of etymology of the name. Uh, okay. I think it first started out with Phil and Taj doing their basement floor party. They would say, "Oh, it's gonna smang, come through," uh, and that quickly became Smangtasia, which is defined as a place on Earth. End of feeling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really getting to the bottom of yeah, this. Yeah, yes, uh, we, we can talk circles in, for days. Um, I think for me what it means is, like, Smangtasia is when you go to that party and it's a transcendent experience. Uh, it's a little more than just some music and lights. It's a little more than just your friends. It's when you really feel at one with the whole experience. Yeah, so I think... I would say mission accomplished. Oh, thank you. Especially, I mean, at the end, it, I mean, the whole thing was great, but it really seemed to come together more and more throughout the festival, which is, I think, always going to happen on the first year of a festival. But it really, especially that the final day when Savile and Turtle and Servito played and everybody was just in a great mood and there was this really dramatic weather yeah. like it was one of the most dramatic days of weather i've ever witnessed it was mostly really nice but then it would just start raining and then there were rainbows and then it was sunny then it was rainy again and clouds yeah. were circling it was very yeah dramatic there, there was a rainbow while servito played house right yeah 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 uh, you know that's yeah. smangtasia <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so were there any particular interesting challenges to doing the festival for the first time uh, yes, I recommend no one throw a festival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we knew it was going to be a lot of work going into it. Um, but uh, everything times like a hundred or a thousand. Li okay. Literally. Uh, you're doing a party for three days. You have to feed people. You have to get everything three hours out of the city. Uh, the level of production was... I mean, we've had similar levels of production for some of our larger parties, but doing that for three days straight, right. three hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got housing people, feeding people. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a like, lot of factors that you don't have doing a party in Brooklyn. For, for example, the mate delivery didn't show up, and okay. we had the marshal, our 
phenomenal sound, man. Literally had to go pick it up in the truck an hour away. Like the closest place that had mate? No, like the mate was supposed to be rush shipped. Oh, I see. And it was rush shipped an hour away. So okay. <laughs> we called up the company and they're like, yeah, it's going to come Tuesday. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't really work. So raid this weekend. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things that, uh, that's like a small example. Right. So what, what other festivals did you, have you been to that kind of inspired you to do this festival or inspired the way, you know, you set things up and organized it? So uh, that kind of goes back really to five or six years ago for why I'm doing parties in the first place and how I got into DJing. Um, it, it's a culmination of my first experiences in Detroit, going to parties like No Way Back, Deep Detroit, um, and just like the vibe and energy and the family feeling of these smaller after parties where the music is really important to everyone there yeah of course um and also being in the birthplace of it all you really feel that yeah um then i kind of had like a random trip to europe and uh one of my good friends david mufang was hanging out with him oh yeah that's one of how i first met you was through david remember that? <sighs> he introduced me to almost everyone here it's really <laughs> weird um <laughs> you'd think but <laughs> takes a german so <laughs> anyway uh i was asking him about cool festivals that he's playing in the summer, what should I go to? And he dropped free rotations. And I'm like, oh shit, I've been trying to go for the last like two or three years, but how do you get an invite? How do you go? And he's like, mm, it might be too late. Hold on. <laughs> and I wake up the next day with like a membership and I'm very blessed. And very nice. Went, went to free rotations, which means I went back to Berlin too. So it's really kind of a culmination of having my first experiences uh, going out to like queer parties in Berlin and then free rotations just like blew it all open for me. Right. It's really special. Um, There's I like mean, an outdoor <laughs> camping aspect to free rotation as well, right? Yes. Uh, it's all the, everyone camps outdoors. It's on an estate in Wales. Uh, and they literally have like, this manner that they put the music in and the biggest rooms maybe 300 people the second rooms like 150 and the third rooms like 80 and then they do like a little like geodome during the day right. uh, and it's a three-day thing it's also members only maybe like 900 people total and uh really that's what flipped me into doing music and parties in the first place i was just kind of like oh my god if i don't do this now it's never gonna happen right uh and that was the inspiration for sublimate and it's an obvious stretch for how it's the inspiration for smangtasia because it's really like i'm aiming for that right do you think that in europe people are more willing to do the camping thing for a festival and is that like seemed to me like maybe one of the challenges of smangtasia is mm. convincing a bunch of hip New York people that they want to camp in a tent for a weekend? Yeah, it's very challenging. Uh, New Yorkers love their comfort. They don't like bugs. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they want to shower. Uh, they do like showers. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, we went to Gaze Hate Techno, which is a fantastic yeah. happening out on yeah, the I've West been, Coast. Yes. And, uh, it's it's a similar thing. It's mostly camping. Um, I feel like also I said Europe, but yeah, you're right. And 
yeah. to, to tell a bunch of San Franciscans, hey, you've got to go set up a tent and camp for the weekend. They've all got the gear. They're ready to yeah. go. It doesn't seem like a big deal. They love being dirty and smoking weed and shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about New Yorkers, but, you know, maybe we can teach them. Yeah. Um, so are you planning, I know it's pretty early to be asking this, but are you planning to continue the festival and do one next year? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are already in planning mode for next year. So your advice is nobody do this. We're immediately doing it again. It, well, <laughs> I feel like we have to. Yeah. No, totally. I think, like, there's... Uh, now that people have seen it, I think you'll be riding on a lot of momentum. It seemed like everybody who was there was super, super psyched to be there. Um, so what, what changes do you want to do next year? What do you, what do you want to do differently? What do you think could be done better? That's a great question. <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> uh Yeah, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it later this year. Um, so you've, you've mentioned Sublimate a couple times, but we haven't really gotten into that. What What is uh, what is Sublimate and how did that start? Uh, so Sublimate started four and a half, five years ago. Um, I it, It's mostly an underground party. Uh, we rove around. There's a few loft spaces back when warehouse spaces were a thing. We did that. Uh, sometimes we do that Sugar Hill Disco, which is like an old black supper club in Bed-Stuy. Yeah, it's a really fun place. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ethos of it is we, much like Spanktasia, uh, pretty much control every aspect of it. The sound, the lights, it's our door staff, it's our security. Uh, so we find a space that will let us throw a party. Right. And we throw a party from the ground up. So is that the big challenge of doing something like this in New York now, especially, I would say, more than four or five years ago, is just finding the right space that will let you do this where you want to do this? Yeah, it's very challenging. Uh, and, I mean, clubs are cool, you know, they're they're fine. Club parties can be good. They function, they, you know. It, it's just hard to get that full transcendent feeling it's even hard to get them to go till like six or seven in the morning yeah i think six is kind of the limit for most nightclubs in new york and i'm for the bunker anyways i'm constantly having that mm -hmm. argument with clubs like really do we really have to go till six like yes we really yeah. we really have to do it even if there's not a lot of people there for the last hour like yes we really have to do it we really have to advertise it that way in order to get people interested mm -hmm. in coming um no, we can't start at midnight because you want to have bands mm. until midnight. And, you know, that's that's what the most clubs in New York seem to want is like, can we, is there some way we can do this party and start at midnight and end at four? Like, that's their yeah, ideal. They, they want, you know, one DJ to play. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, format just doesn't, it just, it's, it's an interesting thing to me because most people are actually at the party. They come sometime after midnight and they leave before four. But if you told somebody the party goes from midnight to four, they're just like, oh God, that's terrible. No, I wouldn't go to that. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's really important. Um, I'm glad you've put your foot down all these years. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, I started the party kind of when this was like the first time that the cops started really cracking down. There were a lot of really big high production warehouse parties going on and then output opened and it was an election year 
and who knows who was doing what, but suddenly all these spaces I like to go and party at pretty much disappeared. Um, and that's even around the time that your party moved in the output, right? Yeah, we were in output for essentially the first two years of output. I think like 2013 to 2015. Yeah. Uh, Cause that was right. I'd been doing it at public assembly for six years. Mm -hmm. And when they closed, I mean, pretty much what happened was Sean at output owns the place as a very old friend. And he just, I had all these parties booked and started panicking nowhere to put them. And he was just like, we'll take them. Um, and that, that actually went pretty well for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, but I was really sad about going to output. I didn't really yeah. want to go there every weekend. It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard sell to an underground crowd who, I mean, public assembly was a completely legal mm -hmm. situation, but it's just, uh, it was, it was looser. It had a vibe. Yeah. Those yeah. were good parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the big issue or one of the big issues now is all of the completely legal nightclubs who are doing dance music all the time are, they're basically beholden to the authorities of New York mm -hmm. City and New York State. And if they mess something up, they could lose their liquor license and then they go out of business and they lose maybe hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars that were invested in the club. So then you have these nightclubs with really uptight security staffs who are trying to protect this liquor license. Like they want it to be free and cool, but it's just, uh, I think it's a very hard thing to achieve. Nah, they want to make money, yo. Of like, course, of course. <laughs> they're not thinking about the vibe. There's so many things they could do, but they don't hire people who think about it. Right. It's a different, it's just, things have changed. It's a different, yeah. uh, different kinds of uh, goals with nightclubs these yes. days in New York. It's, it's an interesting time. True. Um, what else did I want to ask you about? Um, I know you're a huge audio geek with your approach to DJing and maybe just talk a bit about like your favorite mixer to play on. I know I've talked to you about this before and you have some <laughs> opinions about DJ mixers. Yeah, I do. Um, I, well, sound quality has always been important to me. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of bad mixers out there. Uh, my favorite really is just give me a rotary with good sound and an isolator. I don't really need like echo effects or this or that. Just right. a good isolator on the master channel where you can get that nice saturation when you turn things up or really full kill them and then a volume knob for the channel. Right. Uh, that's just me. So, like, the ENS DJR 400 is nice. Uh, it, the random time that you play it, like, output, and they're like, oh, do you want a Yuri? And you're like... Yeah, they have it. Very few people want to use it or to get a whole lineup of people to want to use it, but they have uh, it, and it sounds incredible when I they use it. I was fortunate enough, the book Scott Grooves, uh, and he requested it. Very cool. So I, I was kind of joking with Taj the other day, we should only book DJs that want, you know, rotaries, and then we won't have to play in Pioneers anymore. That is actually what uh, Rekt does for their party at Analog. Yeah. Like when they're booking you, it's part of the agreement, mm -hmm. and the whole booking hinges on it, that you're willing to use the URI mixer that's built in there. And if you're not, like, it's cool, but you can't actually play that party. That, I mean, that club and mixer mm -hmm. sound great. 
Yeah. It's lit- literally, they built a club around a Yuri and Shorty's, like, special isolator. Yeah. I remember the first time I played, he was like, uh, you have to be very gentle with it. And then he's, like, seeing me play a little bit more. He's like, nah, you can do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. He's very, um. <laughs> uh, he's very into it and very yeah. hands-on. Uh, but, yeah, he did an incredible job there and an incredible job at Nowadays, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was... The fact that Sublimate and also Smangtasia seems to be pushing more of a, what's well, not all house, there's a lot of techno at all, as well, but it seems much more of a like mature, kind of slowed down, funky sound, which for people from like your, it seems very unique to me, to you and Taj. I'm trying to think who else that is throwing any kind of major party in New York right now amongst the younger folks that's not pushing just really banging techno. Yeah. And how, like, I mean, I guess that just comes down to personal taste, but how, how did you guys come to this sound versus kind of what almost everybody else seems to be doing now? Uh, well, we never really cared about doing what's trendy. Right. For one. Yeah. Uh, that's a start. Yeah. We play what we like and then we book artists we like the djs you like um yeah it, we we kind of have had this like a lot of people see us as this deep house party but it's really all of our nights will swing through a number of genres uh which is kind of how i play my own sets i really don't right fixate on one thing the whole time um i have been enjoying playing a little harder recently yeah, and there was, I mean, there was yeah. some great hard techno at Smangtasia from Erica mm. and, was it Isabella? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not, it wasn't all Deep House, but I guess, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of hard music in the barn. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> I, I I like to think of it as, like, when we do go for that techno, it's that, like, sexy, melodic, American thing. Like, we're really, it's great that Berghain exists, Y'all who like it should go the Berghain. But why are we trying to emulate that in America when we have such a rich musical heritage here? Right. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, we don't need to import this other music when we actually, like, are the influence for it. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are just, I think, one of the only younger crews that seems to, that I can think of that seems to get that. Thank you. It's mostly it's mostly it's mostly us older folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, with that, it looks like how much we have about fifty minutes left. Should we get back into the mix here? Yeah, sure. Cool. So we're gonna get back into the mix with Sagatsky of Sublimate and Smangtasia. You're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. As the DJ spins the sounds. The DJ spins the sounds. As the DJ spins the sounds.
about the hundred drifters in the house tonight, and they just got back from Washington, D.C. I think they got something they want to say.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Coming to a close here, we still have a couple minutes left. We've been in the mix with Sagatsky of Sublimate and now Smangtasia. So thank you for that great set. And yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.